Good morning, folks. Let's see where we are. I got a million windows going. Good morning, folks. Today, hold on. Can you hear me? Because I cannot hear my feedback. There we are. Good morning, folks. It is Friday, July 7, 2023. Welcome to episode number 403 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Matthew Necci, Carrie, Kim, Sublime Ghost, Priceless Pancakes, Wade Patterson, who stayed up over an overnight to be here, and all of the Simply Cyber squad and Simply Cyber community members will be ripping through the top cyber news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each story on what it means to you as a practitioner. So if you're looking to break in the industry, you're going to get value from the show. And if you're actively working in the industry, it's going to certainly help you with um, you know understanding what to do tactically, strategically. Um, spoiler alert, dude, working in cybersecurity, it's a lifelong learner, it's a lot of vigilance, a lot of staying uh, on top of things, and that's what we're doing here every single morning. Just as a quick show note, if you did not know, I do not research, review, prepare in any way for any of these stories before we launch them, so I'm seeing them for the first time with you. <laughs> Excuse me. So you're getting my honest, raw, rough, rugged, and raw uh, take on each of these stories. ODB raw, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. That's a little reference for Boston Rob and some of the other Wu-Tang <laughs> friends up in the house. But before we get into that, before we shred a Friday open, casual Friday, I wore a button down today for some inverted reason, but who cares? Let's keep rolling. I want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsor, starting with my good friend, Oh, hold on. This is coming across the table right now. Michael Huskins with a screening interview yesterday for Cyberlanus position asked, how do you keep up with everything? Simply Cyber Threat Brief. Nailed it, my friend. All right. Barricade Cyber Solutions want to say shout out to them for sponsoring the stream life. Well, long-term stream sponsors Barricade Cyber. So if, you're, if you know about them, you know about them. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber techs and, re- excuse me, recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owner. Okay. Send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil, but Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. If you're on the stream watching it, not listening um, on your audio podcast app of choice, Uh, You can see on the screen, this is Barricade Cyber's website. Again, link in the description below. You can see if if you've got a keen eye and you're a regular Simply Cyber community member, Eric Taylor's calendar has changed. What is this um, mysterious voodoo? Well, Eric Taylor has changed the platform, obviously underneath his scheduling. But what you can do now, instead of looking at his calendar and picking a time, you can actually pick a specific thing. Hey, just want to meet Eric and Barricade? You got an active ransomware incident? Perhaps busy email compromise. Perhaps Carl. 
Perhaps Carl sent out the door a little bit of uh, cashish, right? And uh, that's not good. So whatever your need is, uh, I really, Eric, I haven't told you this yet because I'm just seeing it for the first time, but I really like this uh, modification, this evolution of your page. It makes a lot more sense from the customer's perspective. So very, very cool. Um, nice. So anyways, if this is you, get on Barricade Cyber's radar ASAP. Also want to say shout out and thanks. Oh, shoot. Hold on. <laughs> I, I, for, I forgot. I, I don't have... Um, I haven't scheduled anti-siphon to be like automatically in my workflow, so I have to manually do it. My bad. <clears throat> want to say shout out to anti-siphon. Now, if somebody in chat, uh, mods, or simply cyber community members can do it, can you scroll down in the show description for the July 7th first things first? Um, oh my god, that's a callback. Uh, July 7th, Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. And just see if there is a um, verbiage and link to the Anti-Siphon website, please. Anybody uh, just confirm that? Uh, there should be a link in the description below. Anti-Siphon is a cybersecurity education training platform, but you might be like, ooh, I've heard of those. There's a million of them, Jerry. Yes, but this one is from Black Hills Information Security, which is an absolute dope uh, company run by John Strand. You can see the John Strand emotes trickling in. That's him walking kind of Mission Impossible style away from an explosion. The dude is wicked awesome. His company is wicked awesome. And anti-siphon training is wicked awesome. They're the folks who are behind Wild West Hacking Fest, if you've heard about that amazing conference. So check it out. John offers three different pay-what-you-can trainings that he gives himself. I've taken one. It's phenomenal. Um, these are just kind of boilerplate uh, promotions for Anti-Siphon. When they start having like John's classes coming up in two weeks, I'll be letting you know in chat um, when it's coming and what the link is that you need to use to get to it. But it's just really, really cool. Definitely don't sleep on Anti-Siphon training. Also, shout out to Panopsi, but more about them in the mid-roll. When I have three sponsors, guys, I like to do two up front and one at the mid-roll and rotate it just, uh, just to... Uh, you know, keep it fresh for you guys. Is my camera freezing? Is my head bobbing left and right? Or am I just stuck like... You let me know in chat. I got a, I got a lot going on in here. Oh, yeah. Catch EPT. Everybody should love Black Hills. Mentors, mentees, men, women, dogs, cats, non-binary, whatever it is. Black Hills is a blue heart emoji. Like... What I here, this is Black Hills, Oprah emotes. All right, guys, if you're live here with us, I see 157 of you. Obviously, all you 18 to 20 year old college kids um, started your weekend last night, so you're not here this morning. That's okay. The olds are going to talk, <laughs> the olds are going to talk to each other um, about that. <clears throat> uh, hashtag team live in chat if you want. We've also got hashtag uh, team replay, my team replay people. Solidarity, I'm, I'm there with you. Um, and then hashtag first timer. If you're a first timer here, let us know in chat and, and let us know what you think. You're probably like, oh my God, look at this chat. This chat's wild for 8 a.m. Eastern time. What is going on in here? Hashtag the old. That's right, Marcus Seiler. So let us know if it's your first time. If you're a passive observer, you've been, you've been shy sitting in the dark and you want to step into the light and engage a little bit with the networking, you know what's going on. You see the passive observer step into the light and get taken on. Uh, in a very positive, inclusive way. Definitely don't be shy. And uh, half a CPE for each episode, so be sure to document it and say what's up. Okay, hold on. Before we get into that, 
Uh, I just want to remind everybody we got a bunch to to go go through today. David Meese has donated another Try Hack Me voucher for uh, raffle, so we'll be raffling that off at halftime. Um, THM is the uh, entry keyword, so type THM for Try Hack Me. THM in chat to enter. I will remind everybody at the mid-roll because I'm a donkey and I didn't yesterday, and uh, it was like a big problem. Um, we've got a bunch of I've got a bunch of things to share with you at jawjacking period, uh, including um, a new project I started yesterday that's pretty nuts, um, and not the Japanese Port Authority. Um, Meta threads, black hat, uh, the raffle, all those things. So stay tuned for the mid roll. But for now, Pamela Brown, Daylon Young, Alicia Jerry, Devin McCarthy, do me a favor. Sit back, relax, and let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over you in an awesome wave. I'll see you guys at the mid roll. It's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, July 7th, 2023. Shell confirms MoveIt-related breach after ransomware group leaks data. Energy giant Shell has confirmed that personal information belonging to employees has been compromised as a result of the recent MoveIt transfer hack. In a brief statement issued on Wednesday, Shell finally confirmed being hit by the MoveIt hack, clarifying that the MFT software was, quote, used by a small number of Shell employees and customers, end quote. Shell pointed out that this was not a ransomware event, likely referring to the fact that file encrypting malware was not deployed in the attack, and that there is no evidence of any other IT systems being affected. 28. All right. <clears throat> okay, so I juiced my mic a little bit. Let me know. Hopefully this is good for everybody. Okay, um, so a couple things here. The Move It, ransomware, uh, move it vulnerability... Uh, data breach. So a lot of these threat actors, this is the vulnerability. Why does that look so terrible? Hold on one second. I didn't go through and verify these. Hold on. Oh my God, bro. I can't wait to get back to my studio. There we go. Um, okay. So Shell, a massive petroleum company um, with the MoveIt. MoveIt is a software that allows you to move backups, move data. Um, and if you're a cow, move data. It is Grayson's Joke of the Week Friday, so I can pepper these jokes in, and that's okay. Um, so listen, um, they weren't ransomwareing necessarily. They th th Ransomware groups are good at two things. Ransomware, encrypting your files, and data exfiltration. With this movement one, I thought Klopp was actually encrypting in places, but... Apparently, in some places or all places, they were just doing mass data exfiltration. So instead of using the MoveIt software to back up your data to your to your servers, they were using it <laughs> basically to back up to their servers. Okay, and they got a massive haul. So much, in fact, that if you recall, they they couldn't even parse all of their victims out. They were basically just throwing data out and asking uh, victims to come forward and like sift through the yard sale that they had to, to find their data. Okay, so Shell finally confirms a data breach. I don't know what this means for Shell, but two things jump out to me right away. One, this happened like maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago, okay? And Shell is now confirming it, okay? I've said this before, but it's really important, especially if you're a junior analyst, it, it, you do not want to say breach. You, like the words breach. You do not want to say breach. The CISO is the one who gets to say the word breach. You get to say incident. 
maybe event, okay? When you say the word breach, you trigger all sorts of clauses and processes and timers, right? You've got 72 hours from um, date of breach to notify people. You have seven days from date of breach to notify people, right? Like whatever it is, to pay, to call the insurance company, to notify the board, whatever it is. So you want to you want to push that clock. You want to push that uh, starting line all the way to the right if you can. I'm not saying be disingenuous, but what I am saying is you can have an incident. You can have what appears to be data Excel, but you need to really understand what happened before you like you know you have an incident. Okay, you need to understand what happened before you call a breach. Not because you. Not because the day one, the ransomware threat actor group send you a picture of your internal emails and you're like, oh, well, there's a data breach. Also, I want to point out just from a practical perspective, like get away from the uh, the fact of the timers start and everything. Just from a practical perspective, ready? You are an analyst. You get emailed directly from Clop Ransomware gang and they send you a picture of an internal email or some like the flux capacitor blueprints or whatever okay coke secret formula and you're like oh this isn't good we've got a breach okay you call you call it okay way to go uh junior analyst you called it and you're right there is a data breach here's the problem the next question you're gonna get is how much did they get how did they get in are they still here how wide did they spread all of those questions you aren't going to be able to answer because you just shot like you know like uh like quick from the hip on the the one piece of data you had you see what i'm saying so you want to do that due diligence you want to do that thorough investigation to assess what the heck is going on before you uh go yolo and scream the word breach to the, off a mountaintop okay yeah only investigating an incident. That is the, uh, you should put that on a business card or write it on your shirt. I'm only investigating an incident and put incident in quotes, not the quote in quotes. Uh, finally, uh, just as a bit of like threat intel, I saw this morning, I literally woke up. I'm such a nerd. I like woke up and the first thing I opened was threads. Ooh, uh, more about that at the mid roll, but, um, or at the jaw jacking. But it looks like TD Ameritrade may have been impacted by Klopp. Also, this is uh, this is unconfirmed, and um, it's still just an incident. But I did see that come across public uh, intel. So interesting, interesting. If they're getting into financial systems, that's that's a really crappy day for everybody. Thousand impacted by data breach at Pepsi Bottling Ventures. The breach at the independent bottling company was discovered on January 10th, with actual theft occurring between December 23rd, 2022 and January 19th of this year. It resulted in the personal, financial and health information of the company's employees being accessed by an unauthorized party. Pepsi Bottling Ventures has not revealed how many individuals were affected. The stolen information, the company says, belongs to current and former employees and to contractors. Okay. Um, so this is not good. Pepsi, 
Newburn, North Carolina's own Pepsi. Little, little. Uh, I'm sure that Pepsi Bottling Ventures is not out of Newburn, North Carolina anymore. But just a little shout out to the East Coast, North Carolina contingent up here in um, the Simply Cyber community. So this is a classic example of a business getting hit and the internal data of the employees' financials, uh, personal, you know, basically the HR records compromised. That's what happened here. Uh, it is interesting. Pepsi uh, notified all employees and partner accounts, which basically just means anybody that isn't an employee that does have an active directory account inside their environment, which there can be lots of those. Check out your hashtag third-party risk management, hashtag contractors, hashtag uh, vendors who run manufacturing equipment, which Pepsi is a manufacturing company, even though they make soda, um, who will only be authorized to work on equipment, right? There's um, a million different, not a million, but there's probably a hundred different types of non-employee accounts running around in AD. They were all notified to change their username, password, and security questions for any account uh, that they maintain with Pepsi Bottling Ventures. Um, this is a really wild uh, guidance. I, I almost think that, correct me if I'm wrong, chat, okay? Change your username? Who wrote this? Not an IT person. Yeah, password, we have mechanisms for that. Security questions, don't get me started on security questions. These are some of the dumbest, like, prove who you are um, controls that we have in our industry, security questions. What's your mother's maiden name? Where'd you go to high school? What's your dog's name? Lame. Um, and when I say lame, uh, the the professional in me says easy to uh, easy to cultivate, easy to research, easy to bypass. Okay, but change your username? What are you talking about, bro? <laughs> what are you talking about? What are we gonna just wholesale write a PowerShell script and add a one to everybody's name? You donkey. Like this was not written by an IT person with all due respect. This was written by a PR person who basically got told, if I had to guess, this is tinfoil hat, Jerry. Uh, they were told, hey, tell everybody to change their password and security questions. And the person interpreted somehow like a game of telephone to be change your usernames. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Yeah, 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 exactly. Everybody's accounts closed. We're creating new accounts. Business as usual. All right, so it sucks for Pepsi. Um, I don't know who hit him. I'm sure it was a cash grab. Let's keep rolling. Paul nabs the leader of notorious hacking crew, Opera Premier. A suspected senior member of a French-speaking hacking crew known as Opera Premier, spelled O-P-E-R-A, the number one, then E-R, has been arrested as part of an international law enforcement operation codenamed Nervone. This according to an announcement by Interpol. They continued, quote, the group is believed to have stolen an estimated $11 million U.S., potentially as much as $30 million, in more than 30 attacks across 15 countries in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. The arrest was made by authorities in the Ivory Coast last month. Additional insight was provided by the U.S. Secret Service's Criminal Investigative Division and Booz Allen Hamilton Dark Labs. Yeah, Booz! All right, a couple things. One, we haven't used this sound effect in a while. Yeah, what's up? Law enforcement coming in hot. I've been talking to Leos lately. Jesse Johnson's in chat. Talk to some other Leos. 
bringing the hammer down on organized crime. Not on my watch, pal. All right. So Interpol, which, I, by the way, um, I have... Oh, turn up the sound bites. Okay. I'm going to have to do this during the sound... Um, during the... Um, uh, hold on. I mean, what are we doing? Oh, the music button. Okay. Hold on. Um, oh, I see. Hold on. Is this... A, hold on. This is... Please... Um, Talk amongst yourselves. Um, let me try this. Will this work? Um, hold on one second. Um, stand by. <laughs> stand by to stand by. Google Chrome is chat. Spotify is music. Guys, I don't know if you want me uh, tinkering with um, sound effects during the show. Is this louder? Let me know. Let me know. Or I could do this one. I, I don't know. I really don't think you want me donkey and uh, messing with uh, sound effects. All right. All right. Oh, <laughs> oh, base case is going to watch this on replay and be like, Jerry, stop. Stop. Close the admin sound panel. Okay. Okay, so Interpol, loving it, loving it, love it. I think Interpol is the coolest law enforcement name. Europol is okay, but it's so European. <laughs> Interpol is like, yeah, like world police. I love it. Um, I'll give you a topic. Rhode Island, neither a road nor an island. Talk amongst yourselves, Jesse Johnson. I love it. I love it. Okay, this is completely impromptu. Okay. Another topic. Grape nuts. Not grape, not nuts. Talk amongst yourselves. All right. So Interpol Labs hacking. Good. $11 million up to $30 million. We have no idea what they were doing. You don't typically hear of French-speaking hacking crews. Um, they do not say France. They say French-speaking. This was uh, They were arrested down in the Ivory Coast, which is northwestern Africa. Uh, honestly, uh, this is uh, going to be a little bit of my ignorance. With colonialism and European England, you know, UK expansion back in the day, French speaking, Dutch speaking, English speaking, Spanish speaking, Portuguese speaking, it really spread out internationally. And you find some like unusual pockets, like Haiti, for example, is a French, former French colony. So they speak French down there, or they, you know, whatever, some version of what was French. And then um, like Suriname is Dutch speaking, but Guyana right next door is English speaking, right? And French Guiana is French, right? So anyways, long story short, language spread. So I'm not really well versed to know if uh, what the colonialism did with language in Northeastern Africa, but I have to assume, um, especially with the, you know, really uh, disturbing history of what happened in Western Africa, um, you know, all through you know, all through uh, colonialism uh, that, you know, I don't know what it is. So Ivory Coast, uh, the TLDR here is that you, at least me and guys, I'm ready for uh, someone in chat to correct me or not, but you do not typically hear about French based, French speaking cyber threat actors. It doesn't mean that people who speak French are like more civilized or more evolved and they don't do that type of stuff. It's just, you hear much more of, Eastern European, kind of Russian, uh, Slavic type language groups. You hear of 
Spanish Portuguese type groups like in Brazil, Argentina's got a huge group. Um, Cuba is up in this mix, but um, you don't really, at least in my, obviously China, North Korea, United States. Let's not let's not be high and mighty and not think that English speaking are threat actors. They're just not threat actors to us <laughs> in the U.S. Um, but you don't really hear about French, so I'm putting this on the radar. Plus one French speaking team. Um, I feel like this is one of those, um, you know, bar charts that infographic bar charts, my absolute favorite infographic, by the way, the bar charts that move dynamically based on time and data points, like the French one kind of just moved incrementally to the right. One thing the the hidden gem in here where I feel like we're really burying the lead is the booze Allen dark labs. Okay. I worked at Booz Allen for six years. If you ever get a chance to work at Booz Allen, strongly encourage it. I think it's a dynamic company, uh, professional services. So you can get in if you're entry level, they have tons of entry level positions because, um, they can frankly make more money off of your body. Not that they sell your body. This isn't like sex trafficking. It's just, they can fill a role that pays $300 an hour and they can pay a new person $100 an hour versus a mid person at 150 an hour to do the same job, right? So they'll make more money, the delta of what they're getting paid versus what they're paying you. So, but I've never heard of Dark Labs. If anyone's in chat has heard of Dark Labs, I left Booz Allen in 2016. So it's possible um, Dark Labs is like a new thing, but it sounds cool. I want I want more information. Cisco warns of bug that lets attackers break traffic encryption. Cisco warned customers this week of a high severity vulnerability impacting some data center switch models and allowing attackers to tamper with encrypted traffic. Tracked as CVE 2023-20185, the vulnerability only impacts Cisco Nexus 9332C, 9364C, and 9500 spine switches. These last ones equipped with a Cisco Nexus line card, and only if they are in ACI mode, are part of a multi-site topology, and have the CloudSec encryption feature enabled, and are running firmware 14.0 and later releases. However, successful exploitation of these situations allows unauthenticated attackers to read or modify inter-site encrypted traffic exchanged between sites remotely. All right, so this is a really deep, deep in the weeds Cisco issue. Um, Jazzy Jazz, a Booz Allen alum. Love it, Jazzy Jazz. Um, so BSEC, uh, uh, by the way, at Jawjacking, we'll check out the Booz Allen Dark Labs um, newsletter uh, together. We'll see what that is. Um, guys, uh, BSEC, if you got any input on this, this is, Cisco is a, um, you know, a technology provider and they make all sorts of tech now or they buy technology and then they screw it up like Duo. Um, but, or was it Okta they bought? Whatever. They bought WebEx. Remember that? Uh, anyways, they do really well with networking equipment. And this is a networking equipment vulnerability. There is no signs of active exploitation. So be mindful of that. This particular really nasty bug is inside of like data center switches. So this isn't like firewalls facing the internet. The chances of this getting popped are not great. I almost feel honestly... Based on, again, I don't research these stories in advance, but based on what I just heard and what I read quickly, I suspect that an adversary would have to already be in your environment and then find the switches that are in scope of this, not as an active, um, excuse me, not as an initial compromise. So there's a little bit of protection there. 
It basically says that there is a way to properly configure it. No patch, no signs of active exploitation. Mono Julian dropping bombs here with a $20 super chat. Let me do the... Uh... Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thanks so much, Mono Julian. I pray for all the CISOs with the new responsibilities and regs. Good morning, Cyberheads. Check me on the link and let's connect currently at DXC Pfizer. Looking for a GRC role or vulnerability analyst role. Love it. Mono Julian, drop your um, LinkedIn uh, URL. You know what I mean? Drop a LinkedIn p there in uh, chat. Uh, we'll do the community, uh, Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Maybe someone will tag you with the baton today, Mono, and, and we can dig into that. Um, BSEC, our resident network engineer, drops in with a comment. This would be something like someone in the system can decrypt and read traffic if you're encrypting traffic on the LAN. Oh, thank you very much, BSEC. So here's another thing. The risk here, okay, so like, I'm going to flip out for a hot second. Percy! Listen to me. The risk here is that if you're encrypting on your local area network, meaning inside the building, the phone calls come in from inside the house, then the threat actors can decrypt it. Here's a spoiler alert. I've worked in sensitive environments like federal IT environments. I've worked in healthcare environments with pretty sensitive data. I, no one is encrypting on the land. Okay. And I'm sure it's happening in some places, maybe in financial services. Okay. Maybe. But the burden, the maintenance, the management, the problems that come with it, all of it is introduced when you encrypt on the land. I don't know anyone. Let me know in chat. Let me know in chat. Like, are you, have you worked anywhere that encrypts the land? Because, you know, it's one of those ones that's like a security control that, you know, whoever's in charge, the AO, the CISO, the CIO, whatever, they're like, no, 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 we accept that risk. It's like, okay, like, did you do any kind of like assessment of what the risk is? Or are you just like, that's too hard. That's too expensive. That's too much of a pain in the A, uh, too much political capital to spend, which means political capital, by the way, if you don't know the term political capital, it's when you have to like, you've, you've like, earned trust, you've earned goodwill with the business, and then you're about to basically have them sit on a thumbtack and like it. And in order for them to like it, you got to spend political capital and you only have so many tokens. It's like giving your kid a roll of quarters at the arcade. At some point, you know, if you're going to play the claw machine that costs three bucks, and I hate claw machines because they're basically, um, I wish I owned claw machines because they're gold mines. But if you're going to play the gold, uh, the claw machine for $3, Expect to run out of money quick. You're spending capital, okay? That That's not exactly a perfect comparison, but my point is political capital is when you have to make someone eat a crap sandwich and not complain about it. You don't, you don't want to spend political capital often, okay? So no one's encrypting on the land. Exactly. Adds overhead, BSEC is saying. Um, and, and, and really, like, if someone is already in your network... Here's the thing. If someone's already in your network reading your network traffic they're going to be able to get to your file server, your data server. Carl's going to give up creds, oh! right? Like, like you're not gaining massive value by encrypting on the LAN because you're already screwed. You feel me? You're putting a ton of money, energy, and effort into a control that a threat actor... It, you, you know what it is, okay? You know what it is? It's basically... Do you remember in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the scene where um, Indiana, and I know this is a super uh, 
specific reference, but follow me here. There's a scene where Indiana Jones and Elsa, before he finds out that she's a bad guy, jump in a boat, and they're doing a getaway on the boat, okay? And then there's two, like, huge like cruise liner boats that are that are docking together they're gonna like they're gonna like go together and they drive through the middle of those boats and another bad guy boat follows them and Indy and Elsa barely make it through the boats and then the other one gets crushed by the boat well there's another bad guy boat that just goes around the two boats that's what's going on like no nobody's gonna drive through the boats right the boat, the boats in the control, that's you and trying to encrypt your network traffic. Any bad guy's just going to drive around it and, and figure it out on the other side. Like you're, 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 you're not, your return on investment. I'm sorry. Now I'm really upset. I'm like starting to sweat through this shirt. Your return, whenever you make a control decision, right? This is why Penopsize quantified risk assessments are a good thing to invest in. Whenever you make a control decision, okay, meaning you're going to introduce some type of control into your environment, you need to weigh how much is it going to cost financially? How much is it going to cost for a project plan implementation? How much is it going to cost to maintain after you implement it, which a ton of people don't give consideration to. It's annoying. What's it going to look like when you decommission it? Again, something nobody thinks about. And, and four... What is the actual risk reduction you're getting? Another thing people don't think about. It annoys me when people try to play like security card bingo or checklist bingo. And they're like, oh, we need, we need network, we need encryption on the network. It's like, why? why? Explain to me the risk reduction. But no one does that calculus. And then you end up spending a freaking ton of money. It doesn't get maintained. It probably gets implemented incorrectly because you hired the cheapest contractor to do it. And then you have this spend for no risk reduction. What you should do is flip it, the script and look at what your threats are, look at what your risks are, then look at what controls you can implement to reduce those risks. Network encryption on the land. Get out of here with that. And now a word from our sponsor, Slash Next. Slash Next, a leader in SaaS-based integrated cloud messaging security across email, web, and mobile, has the industry's first artificial intelligence solution, Human AI, that uses generative AI to defend against advanced business email compromise, supply chain attacks, executive impersonation, and financial fraud. Request a demo today. Visit SlashNext.com. That's S-L-A-S-H-N-E-X-T.com. All right. James McQuiggan coming in with a super chat. Hopefully it comes with a stick of deodorant because I'm sweating like a pig in heat. Time to give Jerry a breather and not step on Grayson's toes. Did you hear about the sensitive burglar? He takes things personally. Hashtag dad joke. Love it. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, thank you so much, James McQuiggan. Uh, looking forward to seeing you in Vegas, James. All right, guys. It's the mid-roll. So if you're new here, this is what we do. I want to thank, I want, oh, CMMC required? No, come on, no. CM, let's talk. All right, we'll talk at jawjacking about this. Okay, so I want to thank all of you, uh, James McQuiggan, Cyber Shinigami, Sean Washington, uh, Semphilis, Andy, Simply Cyber Squad members, if you got the little badge next to your name, thank you so much for supporting the channel. If you're new here, thanks so much for checking us out. If you guys want to pay it forward a little bit, do me a favor and hit the like button. It will trigger the YouTube algorithm to tell people who are on YouTube looking for cybersecurity content that, hey, here's a show that a lot of cyber people watch. 
maybe you would like it too. And this is how we grow the community or one of the initiatives that we use to grow the community. So thank you all very much for taking a second out of your stream to hit that like button. Now, I want to thank Panopsi Security for also being a sponsor. I thanked Barricade and Anti-Siphon at the beginning, but Panopsi Security, a good friend of mine, Brandon Poole, runs Panopsi and uh, genuinely appreciate him supporting the Simply Cyber community with sponsorship. Panopsi offers a host of services for businesses, but one service that I just lost my mind about, uh, coincidentally, that they offer is a quantified risk assessment. They can come in, they can look at your threat models and look at your business and look at your controls and give you a statistical analysis of how likely you are to suffer certain cyber incidents and then give you recommendations on what control, what controls you can implement for different costs, for different um, you know, time commitments and really reduce cyber risk reduction. If you're serious, about really reducing cyber risk and you want to plan, a quantified risk assessment is a hell of a good way to do it. In fact, what I would say is when you go into a new, if you're a CISO or you're about to be a CISO or you're about to be a director of InfoSec, if you're in charge of an information security program and you're going into a new role, the very first thing you should try to lobby for is a quantified risk assessment assessment. It'll allow you to baseline your organization and get a plan together. The board will love it. The CIO will love it. It'll be a double-fisted um, situation, uh, and everybody will be happy. So go check that out. It's all about good times. All right. We got the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Jenny Housley uh, in chat. I want to say that uh, John De La Cruz currently has the uh, baton. If you're not familiar with the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, one uh, community member posts on LinkedIn their story, their cyber story. They use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. You go on to LinkedIn and connect with them and the people in comments. Build your professional network with meaningful, inclusive, real cyber people who care. And you will see within a few weeks, your feed will be full of massive value. If John De La Cruz, who currently holds the baton, would do a solid and tag somebody, uh, I would appreciate that. Please, uh, chat if you can, help me out. I don't see Jenny Housley in chat right now, so if, you, if chat can help me with the baton passing, I'd appreciate that. Um, we got the raffle coming up. If you want to enter a raffle for a Try Hack Me Platinum package, um, I think it's a one month of full platform access, um, please, Enter THM into chat right now. I'm going to drop it in chat right now. THM, THM, THM to enter chat. Okay? THM. Almost Ian Kincaid. THM. All right. There you go. While you guys are doing that, I want to remind you that David Meese is running a Security Plus uh, cohort-based training for like 12 weeks. If you want to join, he's only got about 20 slots, or I think he only has like 10 slots left, right? This is the last day to join it. If you want to join a cohort that is studying to take Sec Plus, if you want to be held accountable, if you want to learn, if you want to get that Sec Plus um, certification, definitely join. I'm going to drop a link in chat. There is the tri uh, there is the uh, David Meese link. Oh, perfect. Jenny Housley is in chat. John De La Cruz is in chat. John is at a is is pulled over on the side of the road. John, you you you're in beast mode right now. Thank you so much for taking the baton pass. Seriously, I know it's um 
I know what you're doing is inconvenient, and I genuinely appreciate that. All right. Real quick, it is Grayson's joke of the day. Uh, so I want to say shout out and thanks. Every single day of the week has a special um, special segment, and Fridays are reserved for my son Grayson and his joke of the week. Grayson's always providing good ones, and I love it. So um, I told, all right, so here's the joke of the day for from Grayson, okay? You guys might be familiar with this new Threads. It's like a Twitter alternative. I'll talk more about it at Jawjacking. I told Grayson, I said, hey, Grayson, have you heard about Threads? It's the new social media platform. I'm on it. He said, sorry, Dad, I don't follow. Sorry, Dad, I don't follow. LOL. Aha. I don't have the Nelson laugh on the board right now. But James McQuiggan, I thought you would love that one. Hashtag dad jokes coming from my son. And if you if you missed it, catch me on threads. Sorry, Dad, I don't follow. LOL. Alright. Alright, let's go ahead and do the um, the raffle really quick and, and get back into it. Good luck to everybody and thanks, Grayson, for the joke of the week. The winner of the Try Hack Me uh, Platinum Voucher, you know, one month plan thing is Be Fit for Life. Be Fit for Life. What's up, Be Fit for Life? Let us know in chat if you're here. Congratulations, Be Fit for Life. Where is it? Yeah. Oops, hold on. Congrats. Connect with me or David Meese, preferably, to collect your prize. All right. Way to go, everybody. All right, let's get back into the news. We got some jaw jacking to do. Microsoft investigates Outlook.com bug breaking email search and fixes bug behind Windows LSA protection warnings. Microsoft is investigating an ongoing issue preventing Outlook.com users from searching their emails and triggering 401 exception errors. According to user reports, the search function is no longer working on the web while the mobile version doesn't seem affected. Others have reported having issues when contacting Microsoft 365 personal support being caught in a loop of sign-in and Office 365 service choice prompts. In addition, Microsoft is also pushing a Defender antivirus update, first issued in April and pulled in May, that fixes a known issue triggering Windows security warnings that local security authority LSA protection is off. All right. Well, the, up, the update on this story as seen in the article is that the issue has been resolved um, as of July 6, 8 a.m. Universal Time. Uh, the root cause analysis was a configuration issue introduced during a service update. This was not a cyber attack. This issue has been resolved, so there isn't much to talk about here. All I would say is if you want to add this to your repertoire uh, for interviewing for cybersecurity jobs, not every outage, not every attack on availability is a denial of service attack. It can be a configuration issue. Carl! Looking at you, Carl, okay? Now, what I will say is I'm going to give Carl a break. Um, uh, be fit for life. Connect with me on Discord or um, or, or LinkedIn. Either, either will work, um, and we'll get you sorted out. Uh, if David Meese is in chat, um, he can connect with you. We'll, we'll get you sorted out, though. Okay, no problem. Um, 
Mono Julian, if you're still in chat, uh, looks like the baton is attempting to be handed to you, but you have to accept the challenge. So Mono Julian, let us know if you want to take that on. I guys, I just want to take a hot minute and mention configuration change control, change management. If you are, um, you know, kind of cataloging different examples and use cases to drop uh, in a job interview, this is a good one because this is why change control and configuration management is important, okay? Also, I want to point out, I'm going to give Microsoft the benefit of the doubt here. I'm not going to throw Carl under the bus. Here's the deal. When you're going to introduce a change to the environment, right? You're going to add a service update. You're going to connect a new network, whatever, right? You're going to deploy a new app. It doesn't matter, whatever. Typically, you have change control, and that change control board is going to have a bunch of different people there. IT is going to be there. Help desk is going to be there. Apps is going to be there. Maybe HR. I don't know. It depends on what, you know, what you're doing here. But everybody talks about it. Everybody agrees. You think through it. Now, one of the things that you do when you do change control is you test the change, and you prove that you tested it in a non-prod environment, so you're not going YOLO and just throwing stuff into prod. Secondly, you have a rollback strategy. A rollback strategy is if we put this thing into production and it goes you know, belly up, what is the plan to get back to a known good state? That has to be understood and defined because when crap like this happens, you better be able to execute on that. Now, if you don't do change control, you can have way bigger issues, much like uh, when Facebook did that BGP update a couple years ago and you know brought down half of Facebook. That was probably a junior engineer not testing properly, or it was like Friday at three o'clock, and they're like, "Hey, I'm getting out of here because it's half price down at the taco barn." But in reality, this seemed like a deeply seated issue. Uh, they pushed a service update. It had a rolling effect downstream that caused it an impact. The fact that they had to do an analysis to get to the root cause would indicate that even testing this, sometimes when you test in dev or test in UAT environments, you don't have the complexity and the load and the, the uses, the fringe cases of a production environment. So it can happen. All of this is a long way to say that change control and configuration management is important, but it is not bulletproof. Spoiler alert, literally nothing in information security is a silver bullet, right? Multi-factor is not a silver bullet, period, okay? EDR is certainly not a silver bullet, but this is why we stack all of our controls together to make it harder. In solar view products can be exploited in attacks targeting organizations in the energy sector. Researchers from the cybersecurity firm Volncheck reported that a vulnerability in the solar power monitoring product Contech Solar View can be exploited in attacks targeting organizations in the energy sector. Labeled as CVE 2022-29303, it is an unauthenticated and remote command injection vulnerability impacting the Contech SolarView series. Oh, According my God. To Hold on. Hold on. Oh. You want to see what, like, a human version of the puke emote looks like? Look at this one. Holy crap. This isn't good, y'all. This isn't good, okay? First of all... This CVE is from 2022. Really quick, when you look at a vulnerability, um, this is the normal convention, CVE dash, and then the date it was uh, uh, officially disclosed, and then a unique identifier. Also fun, like, so 
when I look at this, this tells me it's a it's a it's a year old at least bug, or you know, at least seven months old. Uh, additionally, and this is just like a fun fact: the more you know, emote squad members. Um, this number doesn't mean this is the 29,303rd vulnerability discovered in 2022. A lot of the big players like your Microsofts, your Googles, um, they get a bucket of numbers and they, they kind of uh, iterate through that. And then like, you know, schlubs who were like me, if I created my own like, you know, Simply Cyber web app or something like that, there's like a pool for everybody else that you get to pick from. So don't don't think that there was 29,000. There was probably 29,000, but don't think that that's what this means. Okay, so, so excuse me. Oh my God. So why am I a human puke emote? Here's why. I've never heard of SolarView product, but they said two things. One, it's in 30,000 power stations, right? So it is a energy sector operational technology solution that does something. I still don't know what it does. I'm not super... Okay, it's for solar power monitoring. Okay. I'm still not super nauseous, but when I see this, okay? Unauthenticated remote command injection. That should make your stomach turn. This is a... If this was like a more widespread product, this is a, um, you know, maybe come in on the weekends type thing. I don't know. Uh, Eric, Ta hold on. So Eric Taylor, what's your stream at 9 a.m.? Uh, let, let me know and maybe we can rate it. Um, so guys, unauthenticated means you don't need a username and password. Anybody, anybody, anybody can hit it. What remote command injection means is you don't have to be on the network like or physically at the box. You can just inject commands on it. This is a really bad situation. Um, if you are running solar... like This is a small niche group, but if you are running a solar power group, if you are um, working in the energy sector and you are using SolarView, again, this seems like it's for solar power plants only. Be mindful of this. You can see they have Shodan... Uh, screenshot right here. This is the obvious first go-to thing um, if you were going to be looking for internet-facing technologies. Shodan.io. Um, it scans the internet and tells you what's there. So be careful. On tech, the Solar View has been introduced at more than thirty thousand power stations. Since March 2023, researchers at Palo Alto Networks Unit 42 have observed a new variant of the Mirai botnet targeting multiple oh, hold on. They're still talking about this popular one. IoT devices, including this aforementioned CVE 2022-29303. Volncheck experts discovered using Shodan more than 615 internet-exposed SolarView installs, 425 of them running vulnerable versions. Silent Bob Campaign Cloud Native Environments Under Attack Cybersecurity researchers have unearthed an attack infrastructure that's being used as part of a potentially massive campaign against cloud native environments. Cloud security firm Aqua stated, quote, This infrastructure is in early stages of testing and deployment and consists of an aggressive cloud worm designed to deploy on exposed JupyterLab and Docker APIs to deploy tsunami malware cloud credentials hijack, resource hijack, and further infestation of the worm. Silent Bob is said to be linked to the infamous cryptojacking group tracked as Team TNT, citing overlaps in tactics, techniques, and procedures. Alternatively, they said it could be the work of an advanced copycat. Ugh, this is gross. All right, so I happen to work for an organization that does use um, 
some of these technologies. So I have it as an action item to dig into this particular story and look at the IOCs, look at what kind of misconfigurations are being uh, attacked and confirm that my environment does not have those issues. Uh, so that that's this is how like when I say like oh you know make sure you do something about this if you work in in infosec this is an example like this is a personal example for me okay um, I'm not surprised Docker is a really great solution and it's being implemented a lot of places but it's mostly implemented in cloud uh, a lot guys there isn't a ton of cloud expertise out there. Uh, unfortunately, most of the senior people grew up on uh, on-prem technologies, and even though like mass media would like you to think that the cloud is just a lift and shift of your on-prem infrastructure, it is not. Cloud is a different beast. It's a different paradigm. It's a different tech stack. Yes, you can have a Windows Server 2012 up in the cloud, but in reality, it's like Docker and it's Elasticity and it's EC2 instances and it's spin up and spin down and volatile environments and all this other crap. Um, Leaky has three buckets, don't get me started. So just be mindful of this. Also, shout out to Clerks. Um, if you guys got what I would assume to be the Silent Bob reference, um, Kevin Smith, that's kind of cool, kind of kind of nostalgia. New StackRot Linux kernel flaw allows privilege escalation. Technical information has emerged for a serious vulnerability affecting multiple Linux kernel versions that could be triggered with minimal capabilities. This security issue is being referred to as StackRot, S-T-A-C-K-R-O-T, labeled as CVE-2023-3269 and can be used to compromise the kernel and elevate privileges. A patch has been available for the affected stable kernels since July the 1st, and full details about the issue, along with a complete exploit code, are expected by the end of this month. According to security researcher Royhan Lee, the flaw affects the kernel's memory management subsystem. Stackrot impacts all kernel configurations on Linux version 6.1 through 6.4. All right, so the TLDR here is this is super in the weeds. If you're running Linux 6.1 through 6.4, you should be mindful of this. If you're really into Linux, you might want to look into this just as a uh, opportunity to educate yourself from a security researcher perspective. I do want to say that the vulnerability, it says in the story, the vulnerability in use, or excuse me, the vulnerability is a use after free problem. Um, this is a very specific type of weakness. Um, within operating systems. So like when you are using an operating system, I'm, I'm not going to get super into the weeds here, but there is, you um, you allocate memory, you do something with the memory, and then you have to release the memory. And a lot of like modern, higher level programming language handle this for you. Uh, but there's an opportunity where the memory gets freed, but it hasn't been wiped yet, and then you can access it. Okay, this is used after free. If you're looking to understand software exploitation, the use after free is a great one to add. Double fetch is another good one to add. Obviously, buffer overflow, heap overflow are other wicked common ones um, that people know about. But use after free is another one to add to your arsenal. If you are into software exploitation, or security research, um, definitely add that to your repertoire. A reminder to join us later today at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Boom, baby. That is how we do it. All right, guys. 
So um, we are at 8.57 Eastern time. So we ran a little over. I got to figure out. I don't know, guys. Like, I try to keep it to 45 minutes. I don't feel like I'm, I'm flapping my gums and wasting time up here. But, bro, we, we cruise right through the 45-minute uh, marker. Before, the, Hey, if you were here just for the news, I want to say two things to you. One, thank you so much for being here, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Two, before you go, just to tee you up for next week, friends, on Monday at 4 p.m., I'm going to be doing a live hack-along, meaning for $0, absolutely free, you will be able to jump into the same platform that I am in, and I will be streaming live on stream, and I will walk you through step-by-step a very basic capture-the-flag CTF cyber range and show you why we're doing it, what we're doing. If you have heard of CTFs, if you have heard of cyber ranges, if you've heard of hacking, if you're a little intimidated by it, don't be. The entire reason I'm doing this stream, um, like I feel like the term hand-holding is a little derogatory, but basically, um, hop on my back. Let's all you know, go together. Let me lead, and we'll walk into this room together. And I, by the time you leave the room, you will fully understand what a CTF is, how to do CTFs, you won't be intimidated by them. You'll feel much more confident. You can kick a mud hole in that speaker. All right. The other thing I want to tell you, episode four of an eight-part series that's been going on on Market Your Cyber Self. If you've been a regular on the channel, you know that I've been doing this with Virginia Case for eight weeks already, if you can believe it. And it's going to go for eight more weeks. But uh, le- uh, uh, episode four of eight will be leveling up your thought leadership from zero to cyber hero. That'll be Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Now, if you were here just for the news, I bid you good day. I bid you good Friday. And I wish you the absolute very best. Now, um, awesome. So Eric Taylor, Eric Taylor is uh, Barricade Cyber Solutions. He's got a stream starting at 9.15. I'm going to drop a link in chat. Um, so catch EPT, you do not need to own Haiku. This will be a free um, range. Like the account is free. The range is free. Everything will be free with this uh, Let's Hack follow along. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you'll have to sign up. Yeah, here, here's the link to um, Eric. Let's do, uh, hey, here's the idea, people. Let's do 15 minutes of jawjacking, and then we can, uh, if you have the time, we can go over and raid the um, Eric Taylor stream. Barricade Cyber Solutions is going to be doing a stream on unmasking Microsoft Teams, new threat vectors, and security concerns. I I, I expect um, there will be a non-technical walkthrough, and... Eric may be mentioning that U.S. Navy Red Team tool, Team Fisher, that got released yesterday. Um, yes, Ian Kincaid. Free, free. Wicked free. So free, it's free. Um, okay, so we're going to do the raid. Now, let's spend a few minutes uh, jawjacking. I've got some really, really uh, fun stuff to tell you about. Okay, first of all, the Simply Cyber newsletter. Um, a couple people, like coinc- like coincidentally, it seems like when it rains, it pours. A couple people messaged me, DM'd me yesterday about the newsletter. The newsletter comes from a platform called ConvertKit. That platform allows me to email, you know, 4,000 people at once uh, in, a, in an organized way, okay? 
sometimes when it comes from platforms like that, it looks like spam. Google, at least the, these two individuals are using Google and Google flagged it as spam. The email is going to come from Gerald at simplycyber.io. The email uh, title subject line says something like crush it cyber pro. If you are not getting the newsletter and you signed up for it, go check your spam. Okay. And, and not only move it to out of spam, but if you can, please take the five seconds and mark it like not as spam. Like basically, if you say it's not spam, it will tell Google that it's not spam. And then enough people say it's not spam. Um, oh, yeah. So I guess uh, Kimberly's got a great idea. So if you add uh, Gerald at simplycyber.io to safe senders list, you should get it. Okay, that's my email address. Yeah, Jess Bishop, it doesn't flag as spam for me, but I just had two people message me yesterday um, and tell me, like, hey, like it was in my spam folder. I marked it as not spam, but you might want to let the community know. So I am letting the community know, and I appreciate those two individuals who let me know. I'm, I apologize, I'm blanking on their name right now. Okay, so that's the newsletter. Threads. Guys, if you're not on threads right now, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Naham uh, Sek was on last night. Uh, he was talking about it. If you guys want to connect on threads, I made a decision last night that I know it's meta, and I know some people don't like meta. I made a decision last night that I'm going to treat threads um, as like a personal slash professional account, right? So it'll be a lot of simply cyber stuff. A lot of, I love and breathe and live cybersecurity. So it's going to be a lot of cyber stuff, but I also really love chess and craft beer and the Boston Bruins and other things. So uh, it's going to be a, a hodgepodge mixed bag of Jerry personally and Jerry professionally. Nice. So if you're interested in connecting on threads, I'd recommend checking threads out. So far, so good. I think it's going to destroy Twitter, honestly. All right, go stars. They'll always be the North Stars to me, William Welch. Maybe next week, yeah. Even Bodie. I did see the Nickelodeon leak. I love that Nickelodeon's like law department is coming in strong too. They're like, we'll find and sue everybody that touches it. Um, just click the link in your newsletter. Oh, thank you so much, Lamar Anderson, for supporting the channel. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Haircut Fish. I'm still getting used to... Oh, there I am. Look at... There's me in San Diego with Boston Rob. Um, I'm still trying to figure out... Um, how threads works like i don't understand if if i'm supposed to accept every follow request or if if you're not supposed to do that i don't know let me know in chat i i suck at social media um the other things i wanted to tell you oh this is this is a deep cut for um team jawjacking okay so yesterday yesterday i had like an hour to kill so i created a telegram channel I wanted to just try it out and see what's up. I created a Telegram channel. So if you're using Telegram, you know what I'm talking about. All the Telegram channel is right now, and I'm willing to modify it to make it valuable for everybody, is literally if Nahamsek 
releases a blog post, it shows up in the Telegram channel. If TCM Security releases a blog post, if Eric Capuano releases a blog post, right? If NIST does, CISA, Black Hills, Bleeping Computer, um, or me, releases a blog post, um, it goes into the Telegram channel. I'm willing to modify, adjust, tease out. Like, I'm willing to make this Telegram channel as valuable to everybody as as it can be. Um, but I'm just I'm just playing with it right now. I'm trying to see if it can be useful to people. Um, oh, Space Tacos. I'll check out those uh, hacker masks in a second. So if you're in Telegram and you want to do this, I was going to... Um, uh, I was going to like have a, a pilot group go through and give me more feedback, but I'm just so, I, I'm so YOLO with this. I'm like, ah, what the hell? Like, let's have the people who stay for jaw jacking help. Um, I believe that's the link right there. Whoops. Can you add a channel like this, but on discord, I know there's a way with some bots. Yeah. I tried doing it cyber munchkin, but, um, yeah, yeah. That's the right link. That's the right link. So if you're interested, and by the way, if you do sign up for the Telegram channel um, and you have feedback, like, oh, it'd be cool if you added this blog post or it, like, you shouldn't add as much detail or whatever. I'm using uh, Zapier to do automation. So it's all, it's all, the whole channel is automated, right? It's, it's just like, it's content that I like to consume. So I shared it with, I made a, I made a Telegram channel and I'm sharing it with all of you. That's the deal. Okay. All right. Let's see. Creating a new Telegram now. Oh, cool. Thomas Forbes. Can we do that in Discord? Yeah, Harish, I have. So here's the thing. I have a news. Here's the thing for me. I have a news channel on the Discord server that's kind of doing this, but I don't go there like personally and I'm not saying like oh we're doing whatever I do what I'm saying is I find myself on telegram a lot I don't find myself going to the news channel on discord a lot if you know what I mean so I don't know I figured I would give it a shot and if it gets some traction we'll keep doing it and if 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 it doesn't get traction then I'll abandon it it doesn't cost anything it, it's free Um, let's see. I use audiobooks on repeat while driving. That's a good call. Oh, Mono Julian, there is no link. So if you accept, so if Mono Julian accepts the baton, which it sounds like Mono's doing, all you have to do, Mono, is go onto LinkedIn, share your cyber story, use the hashtag simply cyber community challenge, which you can see right here, and watch what happens. Right? Yeah, James Leitner. Go bees. Yeah, William Welch, if it's free, I guess we are the product, but I do get value from Telegram. I use it for uh, several group chats, personal chats. Again, if you guys, here, here's the thing with the Telegram. If you like it, cool. And if you don't like it, cool. And if, if there's a... If there is support for it, I'll continue to update it, modify it, add to it, remove from it. And if it if it's something like the um, oh, like here's an example: I created a simply cyber TikTok channel and added some TikToks, and they did poorly, so I stopped doing it. That's the thing. 
I'm trying to move fast, break things, see what see what the community wants, and uh, do more of it. And what the community doesn't want, do less of it. Ezra wants to modify a nonprofit company near where I live for additional experience. I plan to audit against 853A framework. Well, first of all, the 53A is the actual guidance for. I mean, this is a nuanced piece, but that's the guidance for actually auditing. The 53 is the control dictionary. Uh, Ezra, I would not do 53. Like the 53 is massive, right? Even on a low baseline, you're talking hundreds of controls, right? Um, I mean, it's not it's not bad to do it, but what I wouldn't suggest is maybe doing a CIS 18. And those controls map to 853 and use that as your control baseline or use NIST cybersecurity framework. Uh, like, basically, you're going to get wicked in the weeds if you try to do like a low baseline on a nonprofit. It's going to be really exhausting. And um, I would just I would just boil it up a little bit if I was you, Ezra. Nice. McKinney Emanuel. We got 22 uh, more people on the telegram. Uh, uh, the link to the telegram is, uh, here and just message me on, um, message me on the discord server. If, if you have feedback on the, uh, telegram channel, like I don't care, do it on like the main SC channel, right? The main simply cyber one. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. I love jaw jacking and hanging. It's, it's all about good times. <laughs> Facebook fart book. Um, all right. Ooh, Ian Kincaid taking the OSCP big time, boy. Um, has anyone? So I know Red Siege. Red Siege has a um, Red Siege is a really cool offensive security company. I like those guys a lot. Um, Red Siege has a lo-fi music channel or something on it, here. I don't know if you guys know this. Because we're talking about music and playing music during chat. Check this out. I haven't listened to this myself, but I will today. Just um, just since we're talking about it. Um, but I really like the, the Red Siege folks. So uh, I think you guys might like um, might like checking it out, okay? All right. Yeah, hacking tracks. Have a good one, Jose Alfredo. All right, guys. It's just about time. I'm going to go ahead and drop a link over to Eric Taylor's um, stream, Simply Cyber Raid. Guys, there's a link in chat right now. This is Eric Taylor's um, stream that's coming up in a few minutes. If you want to go check out Eric Taylor, I'll give you a hint who he is. Hold on, Eric Taylor, uh, former. Uh, he covers for me when I'm on, when I'm out of the um, a hole chair. He's always got mad dolphin noises going. Um, go check it out. I'm gonna go over there. Let's raid his stream. Let me pop this up like this. There it is. Right. Head on over there. We'll see you guys in a few minutes. But if I don't see you. Uh, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you all so very much for all you do for the community.
keep keep grinding out there and until the next time stay secure everybody i hope you enjoyed that content keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other simply cyber community resources we have the discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going you can connect with me directly on linkedin and also every single weekday morning on the simply cyber channel we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings 8 a.m eastern time as well as thursday at 4 30 p.m we're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every wednesday morning I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one.